Christ in front of me, Christ behind me, Christ above me, Christ beneath me, right? You become aware of him. And so now what you're doing is you're not trying to go work your way into God. You're realizing you're already in him. And so now from that spot, because it's position, you always start, it's always position. The first position is what? I'm in him and he's in me. You always start in the right position. And then from there, then you move. So you're not trying, so the hamster wheel is this, I got to get this done. I got to get this, you know, I got to get this taken care of. And in reality, and in reality, what happened was, it was your soul. Your soul did it. And so your soul is like, I think you need more of God. You should go do this, do that, do the other thing. But to live a contemplative life is, if Jesus has done it all, what do I do now? Do you see what I'm saying? Because like, if you really take the gospel for its fullness, so the gospel is what? It's a, it's a proclamation from a kingdom, not from here. So the king has made a decree. Okay, He's decreed something based on the blood of Jesus, based on the, based on the cross and, the, and us being brought out of darkness and into light. And that proclamation is called the gospel. The word gospel means good news. So what we're doing is we're proclaiming to people that God does not hold their sin against them and he has declared them righteous through Jesus. That's the proclamation that we're giving people. That's, it's not a proclamation of, have you watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day? It's going to be a lot like that. You need to get on before you're dead. That's not the good news, okay? Now, some of us think that's... Now, is there some bad stuff? Well, yeah. Do you want to be like in that group? Well, of course you don't. But that's not exactly the good news. The good news is you have somebody, the one who actually made you, and he's like, like I said last week, you're good. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, well, I'm good. I'm going to do what I want. Well, you're not good in you. You're good in him. So to accept the message is an automatic transfiguration of a person because what's happening is they're coming into agreement with heaven, and when they do, it activates something. When you agree with heaven, something happens to you. Anytime you hear something from heaven and you're like, I agree, boom. Because what that does is it opens up um, a channel. It's, a, it's an arc is what it's called. It's an arc of light. And now you have an agreement between heaven and earth. So now heaven and earth are agreeing together. What did Jesus say? If two of you agree on earth is touching one thing, where? By my Father who is in heaven, it will be done. You're coming into agreement with heaven and now something changes on the earth because there's been an opening, you see? See, this is the reason why when the gospel spreads across the whole earth, Satan no longer has any outworking. If nobody listens to him, it's like he doesn't exist. You see how it works? It's very simple. So if we put our attention beneath, all we'll see is beneath. And we're very powerful, so we can see beneath. We can see what's the ugliness of, the, of sin and the world and demons, and we're like, oh, look, there they all are, they're running all around. But remember what God gave us. Elijah, remember? He's standing on top. He's looking out. And there's his servant is there. He's like, oh my goodness, we're surrounded by the armies. And he looks at him and he's like, you don't understand. He's like, show him. And then his eyes were opened. And around those armies were the chariots of fire. And the angel armies were behind them. And they were much greater than the other armies. So what happens is, is when we contemplate in heaven and we contemplate on God, it opens us up. And now we're actually seeing the higher realm. 
okay? And I've, I mean, we've all seen, well, I don't know if we all have, but most of us have seen some, you know, you have Halloween and everyone's like, pay attention to the devil. And you're like, I don't really want to. You know, so that's kind of what that's all about, right? So, because why? Is he doing stuff? He is, but who cares? Who cares? Why is that? Jesus, you know, made him impotent. He, he has no ability to reproduce anymore. He has no power. But it's kind of a pain in the butt for him because every time he tries to work something up, it ends up turning into something amazing and beautiful by God, and that's really frustrating to him because he has no power, and it's been stripped from him. So he has no way of, there's no outworking in mankind like he had. Jesus, literally, listen, if people get themselves involved in the devil, okay, the destruction in their life is self-produced. You understand what I'm saying? It's just self-produced. It's not like, oh, the devil's so powerful. No, no, no. They are powerful. You are powerful to create, and you are powerful to destroy, and what you connect yourself with determines what that is going to be. That's all it is. So what, but us with God, the power that's connect within connecting with heaven is not just us, but it's all of heaven in agreement with the thing that you've declared on the earth. So now you have not just, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. This is the reason why a lot of times and why my praying has changed is that I'm like, well, I think this would be a good idea. Let's pray for that right now. But instead of doing that, I go in and I contemplate and I sit with Jesus and then I see what's going on. And then he'll either tell me something or he won't. He might just, you know what I'm saying? It's more like that. There are certain things that he's already shared with us that are written in the scriptures that we know. Hey, there's destruction. Maybe it's supposed to be God. Well, obviously that's not God. You absolutely can resist that, right? But sometimes we have these things come up, decisions and things that we're making, and we, need a, we want an answer. Well, we can make our own answer. That doesn't work out. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, don't make your own answer. Because you'd be like, God, this is a great answer. Let's come into agreement on that, God. But you're the one that made it up. You know, so I'm now, granted, most of the time you can pretty much do what you want, honestly. Most of the time. Most of the time you just do what you want. And go, no, I'm serious. Most of the time, like if it's just everyday things, you just do, just do your life. God is with you. He loves you. He's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's choose the brown and the, and the green. That'll be great, Jamin. Go for it. You know, I mean, whatever. Because it's, it's your life and it's, it's what he gave you to enjoy. So you do that. You make those decisions. You do those things. You know, so I don't want to over, you know, it's like being led by the spirit is a certain, there's a certain level there, but then there's something where you're just like, well, of course you're, you're empowered by God to go and do things in life and enjoy your life. It's like, but why did I go on the cruise, Lord? I mean, I ate good food and I enjoyed myself, but what was the real reason behind it? And God's like, well, for you to have a good time. And you're like, really? But there's got to be a higher level. And you're like, the higher level is that you would enjoy it. Is that the highest level? That's the very highest level. You see what I'm saying? So there's this idea that we have that wherever God leads us, there's some level of things that we have to suffer. But God, what, did, what does the Bible say about Jesus? It says, why did Jesus endure the cross? It says, for the joy that was set before him. God doesn't do anything he doesn't enjoy. He doesn't do that. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, this is a really, this is a very, this, no, it was for the joy that was on the other side of the cross. Yeah, not the, not the cross itself. No, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, why did he endure something painful like that is for the joy that was set before him. So we got to remember when we're, when we're being, quote, led by the spirit, we got to be careful that we're being led by a religious spirit. Because there are religious spirits and they do want you to suffer. 
and they do want you to think, oh, you have to do this for the Lord. You have to pay the price for this and that and the other. Now, the only price that you're going to be paying is the price of your soul having to learn what it means to be in the spirit and having to listen. You see what I'm saying? Because the soul is always at enmity, is always going against, you know, the, the Lord. So, so these are the kind of things that we do. We contemplate on what? The finished work of the cross. What did Jesus already do? What did he do? He brought you into him. He's in you. Like, like I think about it like this. God is bigger than anything, right? He's, he's bigger than the universe. He's created all this. He's, he's un, we, our mind can't really comprehend him. So we contemplate him. <laughs> so it's a spiritual activity. It's not, a, it's not a mental one. It's actually spiritual. It's, it may start mental, but it definitely doesn't stay there because it can't. It's beyond understanding. You know, so he's higher than that. He's, he's more expansive than any thought we could have. What does the scripture say? His thoughts are not as our thoughts. But then it also says we've been given the mind of Christ. So what does that mean? That means that we actually have the ability to access the thoughts of God. And if you're going to contemplate something, contemplate what God's thinking about. Not what you think he's thinking about, but what he's actually thinking about by asking him. You see? Because he shared everything with us. He's held nothing back. There's not a single thing God's like, you know, I'm holding that back. No, he's giving us everything. Here's the thing. We're limited because we're inside of time, so we're only seeing a sliver at a time. You know why we have time? It's so that we can enjoy what God's given us. People have a wrong idea about time. They think time is something that's against them. Well, time is actually so that you can enjoy the things. So it's for the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross. He leads us into, pl- into pastures that are green, still waters. He leads us to places where we can enjoy what he's given us. And you say, well, that's just spiritual. No, it's actually natural. Because why did he make the grass green? Why didn't he just make everything gray? Who cares about color? Well, he made color to be enjoyed. Why did he make flowers? What are flowers for? What are they doing? Well, the bees use them. Okay. But what else? You know what I'm saying? There's certain things that you look around and you're thinking, there is literally no reason for that other than that's amazing. And that's why he did it. So that we would look at it and go, that's amazing. God did something amazing. That's a contemplation of God. You're contemplating him. You're going and you're looking. You're going to the highest mountain and you're looking out and you're seeing all the other mountains that are there and you're like, whoa. (laughs) You know, you look up at the stars and the galaxies and you see those things and you're like, whoa. That's, do you know what the word holy is? Whoa. Over and over and over again. That's what holy is. If you look it up, that's what that means. They're just like, wow, whoa, amazing over and over again, because that's who God is. He's contemplated. He's contemplated. Hey, listen, any, listen, I will tell you this. If you've ever dabbled in the dark art of worry, you will know what contemplation is. I'm saying if we would contemplate, remember Thanksgiving is a door. So you have doors, you have spiritual doors. So one of the doors is Thanksgiving. You go through that gate, through that door of Thanksgiving, and now you start to contemplate the things of God. And it changes everything. What's worry? It shuts it. Complaining shuts doors. Shut, shut, shut. Now you're not going through, but you open it with thanksgiving. You open it by contemplating, whoa, wow. When someone comes to you and they say, God did this and this in my life, and I'm like, whoa, wow. You see, that's how you do it. You're opening, you're opening gates. You're, you're activating things in the spirit. You're coming into agreement with heaven, and you're activating power around you. 
even the littlest things. I talk to guys, I know they don't believe in God. I, they know I'm a pastor and I talk to them about the Lord every once in a while. But they tell me something, I'm like, wow, praise God. You know, they're like, okay. <laughs> you know, because, because really, where do you go to get away from him? You know, I think it's great. People are like, let's go to church. In a way, it's like getting away from God. What? Well, because now I've created a division between myself and God. So now there's a place where God is and God isn't. Oh, see, it's tricky. That's a little reverse psychology. You got to be careful of these things. Where is God? He's in me. He actually holds the fabric of the universe together. Do I go to a place to go get him? No, he's in me. He's in us. He chose a place to live in that he could fit. Contemplate that. He chose a place to live in that he could fit, that he enjoyed being at, and he chose us. What does that tell you about yourself? You think it's just this? This is a manifestation. Now, this is very important and amazing to God, and he loves our physical body. He thinks our body is amazing. And, you know, obviously this is the reason why we have the law about how you should treat your body and things that you do with your body that's good and bad because our body is that temple, and in our body is our spirit. If Jesus was coming back to restore you and your body was no good, he would probably just pick another one and make another one, but he doesn't. Your body is raised. So you think about it as the seed. Inside of the seed is everything. The seed doesn't look like the plant, but the seed is the plant. So that's what we're in right now. That's what your body is. That's what my body is. It's a seed. So what is in here? <laughs> so you have energy inside of a seed that can produce a plant. That tree that was cut down was taller than this house, but it started as something that I could hold between two fingers, right? because the energy was in it, okay? God's put that in us. He lives in us. We can access now the kingdom realm now. That's what Jesus came to show us. You don't have to wait till the seed goes in the ground. You can have it right now. So what we're doing is we're learning through by the spirit of the Lord to access the realms of the kingdom that God's put within us because that seed is within us. Remember, what did he say about the spirit? I'll, I won't leave you but I'll send you the comforter. He'll be with you forever. He's what? He is the paraclete. So this is the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord. So we have him, you know, in us, living in us. And so now we can access that anytime we want because this is something, so we contemplate him and he contemplates us. Okay? My thoughts are not your thoughts, but what does it say? My thoughts are for to prosper you, right? So that means he's actually thinking about us. If he's thinking about us, that's good. To me, you know, one of my great revelations was when Jesus looked at me, okay? That's a pretty big deal, okay? When you see Jesus and he looks at you and he has that look, which is a very happy look, it does not matter what anybody thinks about you anymore. It's game over at that point. It'd be like the whole world would be like, I hate that guy. You'd be like, I'm good. I'm good. Why is that? Because I, Jesus looks at me. And he doesn't look at me. How dare, you know, the kids know my look of that. 
you know. I did something bad, <laughs> you know. But Jesus doesn't look at us like that. And I was so surprised when I saw that, you know. And that's because he, he, his job was not to come and condemn the world, right? That's not why he came. He didn't come to condemn the world. Listen, everybody condemned themselves. That's why they act so nasty, because they already feel condemned. The good news isn't to go and condemn everyone. They're already condemned. They're just like, well, you know what? Eat, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, right? That's that, like you were telling me the other day, that one kid, Evan, you know, the, everything's terrible, so just be terrible, you know? And that, and that is such a destructive mindset because what are you contemplating? You're not contemplating Christ. You're contemplating one of these lower realm demons, obviously. That's one of them, you know, and they have all sorts of funny little lies. Because, look, there's truth and there's not. There's reality and there's not. It's not like you're just making stuff up. I mean, either it's there or it's not. Either you're in Christ or you're not in Christ. Either the gospel's true or it's not. Isn't that what Paul said? He goes, I mean, if it's not true then just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's like if the body doesn't get raised from the dead, if you're not the seed, then what does it matter? But you are the seed. And people have been raised. Jesus was the first, and then many others after him. And it's not over. you know. So you have within you the ability to access the kingdom realm at any time, but we do it through the door. You don't do it through your works. You don't do it through the hamster wheel of religion. You do it by contemplating what Christ has already done. And then you can cease from your own activity. There's so much striving that goes on. People are trying so hard to do stuff. And, and they're like, it's like almost like you have the earth and like there's this little, you know, they have the doomsday clock, you know, about when the earth's going to get destroyed. And Christians act like that that's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's not. The earth is not going to... Now, is the earth going to be different? Oh, yeah, it's going to be way different. And is that a way of destroyed? Yeah, absolutely. But what's being destroyed? Because you've got to remember, what is it that's destroyed in the book of Revelation? Babylon. What is Babylon? It's the world system. It's very simple. It's like, well, we need to have a Babylon first, and then Jesus will come back. No, no, no. Babylon is the world system, the one that existed all the way at the beginning. And Jesus has shown me this because I'm like, wow, this is really new and interesting, Lord. And the Lord's like, it's not. It's really, really old, and it was been there from the very beginning. There's nothing new about this at all, right? And what's happening is the, the systems of this world, the world system. So what are the world system? All this soulish stuff, you know, uh, fear, you know, hatred, envy, jealousy, strife, seditions, witchcraft, all this kind of stuff. It's all there, right? And then it's just going, and it's imploding on itself, and it's being destroyed. And so in the future, in the future, there won't be that stuff. You'd be like, that's no way. It's true. I mean, people aren't going to just walk around and do jealous things all the time. They won't. Why is that? Because there's light that comes from above, and when it, when it hits you, it changes you. And you're not the same anymore. You actually physically change like your dna structure everything about you starts to change and you don't live like that anymore that was the effect of sin remember sin is like a contagion once one person sins and it jumps to the other and the other that's the reason why if if you're around people that are in sin don't like get close to that that's not good you know what i'm saying the bible's clear about this even in the new testament you know they were doing some stuff they shouldn't have been doing well don't hang out with people that are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing that's contagious it's like put a mask on okay how about you just stay away from them? <laughs> you know, now I'm not saying not to be friends with people, but if somebody calls himself a brother in the Lord, I'm a Christian, I do what I want, you know, and you're like, well, you're not doing what you want around me. You know what I'm saying? Because are you in him or are you not? 
And if you're going to be in him, you live like he lives. You know, stay away from things that can corrupt you because sin is a corrupter. So keep your, so if we're contemplating Christ, because this is back to thoughts and contemplation. I do have Colossians 3. I do have a scripture. Um, Colossians 3 about contemplating on him. This is a thoughts thing. Why is it important? Why are our thoughts important? Well, because this is where our soul works in, okay? So you're already in Christ, even if your soul doesn't even know about it, honestly, or your body. You're just not accessing any of it. You meet people and they're miserable as anything, and you're like, well, you know, you're not really that bad off. You know, you, re- you ever met people and they're just going on and on, you're like, you're not, it's not that bad, really. You're actually doing okay, but they're just going on. Well, well that's a thought issue. They've been contemplating their problems for so long, they've turned into a gigantic mountain range in their head. And they're like, there's this huge mountain range. And you're like, wow, you've been working hard on that. (laughs) Yeah, you've built a matrix in your head again, and you're living in it. So, and we can do this. Any Any one of us can do it. But it's just a quick, easy thing to be quiet. Quiet your mind. People are like, well, that sounds like meditation. It is meditation. You quiet your mind, and you put it on the one thing, who is Christ. So sometimes what we used to do back in the day, which you can still do this. I mean, none of this stuff is wrong that we were taught that is scriptural. It's just there's other things that we've been learning about. So one of the things that we used to do is if you have a thought that's a worry thought, you find a scripture, and you think about that scripture. Because that answers the, qu- answers the thought, right? But then I found out that if you actually put your thought in Christ himself, the frequency of love that comes from him actually permeates everything that's in your being, including every thought in your mind. And that's even better. But God will show you how to do that because it's really simple. The more you meditate on Jesus, the more he just becomes all in all, okay? He'll show you things. Everybody has to make decisions. I know that. The soul's always worried. I got to do this. I got to I We get it. We understand. God knows this, Okay. He knows that you're going to have to make decisions. He knows that there's things that we have to do. He knows about the busyness of life. But you are a spirit being. So you take your soul and you just shalom it. You just go right down like that. You see your soul kind of sit under your spirit. Your spirit actually can reside over your body and host your body. This is a thing that we've learned too. Okay? So this is part of that process. And I don't want to go into too much today. But we'll just go back to contemplation. So we're contemplating in Christ. We're contemplating who we are in him, and we're, and which means we're putting our, I'll show you here in the scripture. So let's take a look at this scripture here. Colossians 3, it's one of my faves. This is the one I felt <coughs> led to teach again. Therefore, if you stand with the Messiah, seek that place above where the Messiah sits by the right hand of God. Therefore, if you stand with the Messiah, do we stand with the Messiah? Yes then what should we do? Seek that place above where the Messiah sits by the right hand of God. The Messiah is sitting. That should tell you something. He's chilled out. Okay? And we, te- we have a teaching on the um, seat of rest. I won't talk about it today. But he's sitting, this Colossians 3.1, seek that place above where the Messiah sits by the right hand. Of God, so this is uh, Aramaic. This is the Aramaic uh, transliteration. It's the same as it, but it, I. Oh, uh, so be shepherded above and not on the land. 
be shepherded above. And this is the literal word. Be shepherded above and not on the land. Okay? So your soul is the land. Above is Christ. So you say, I put, I put my soul, you know, we said soul, you're a, you're a great, you know, servant, but a terrible master, right? It's a terrible master. It just, what does it do? It just puts you in a loop. You're just going around and around and around until you go into the rest, right? For you died to yourself and your lives are covered being with the Messiah and God. In other words, why would you want to be shepherded from the land when you already died? The land has nothing for you. The lower realm. I call this the lower realm. It's got nothing for you. There's nothing it can do for you. It's like, I can do a lot for you. I can make you a millionaire. No, you can't. You can't do nothing. Why is that? Because I'm from above. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. I'm not from the land. I'm from heaven. Remember what Jesus said. You can't be born. You can't go to heaven unless you're born there. Hello? You got to be born from heaven. Well, guess what? He came to give us some good news. You've been born from above. Born from the origin, the scripture says. You're from the origin. You're from the origin. You're not from the land. You're from the origin. This is the good news. You're like, well, what about my history? What about my family? What about this? What about that? That's not in Christ. Look, that person died. That's what the Bible says. I'm just telling you the scripture. That's what the Bible says, that that person died. And then it came alive in Christ. So whatever that was isn't alive anymore. You can fabricate things in your mind, sure, and live in a fantasy if you want to. But Jesus came to set you free from, from that fantasy to bring you into the truth of where you are in him. That you're free. You're free now. You don't have to be, you're not in bondage to your old life. You're not in bondage to some new religious work system. You're not in bondage to anything. He set you free so that you can fly. You can move in the spirit now. You can see from heaven. You can contemplate the Lord. The reason that you do the things is because you like them. <laughs> Does that make sense? This is the thing that's really hard. People are like, I have to not like it. Like, this is a very uncomfortable chair for church. I'm getting a lot of points today. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, you're not. People do, th do the reason that they sing the songs that they sang is because they like those songs. Remember when Martin Luther came around and he rewrote all the songs and he had all the hymns? You guys know the church history about him? So he was, cat like, he, everybody was Catholic. Martin Luther's Catholic. Everybody's Catholic. They had the Catholic music, which is all in Latin. People didn't understand it. Some of it's actually really cool if you research it because there was some very powerful Catholic, um, you know, saints. But... Most people didn't have any idea what they were singing. They didn't know what was going on. And so here comes Martin Luther, and he write, rewrites all of them. Well, what Martin Luther did is he hung out at the bar on Saturday night and sat and talked about the Bible with guys all night until the early morning, and they drank. They drank hard. They were, they were drinkers. And I'm not, I don't think that's good, but that's what they did. So when they rewrote their songs, they were bar songs. They were songs they used to sing in the bar. And so here, but why were they singing those songs? Because they liked those songs. <laughs> They change it to be about the Lord because they also love the Lord. Does that make sense, you guys? So, so no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's what they did. It may not make sense to us, but it made sense to them because they, because they had, because that's what they enjoyed. That was the style of music they liked. So the music, the style of music they sang. So all these hymns, the mighty fortresses, our God, and all this were like, oh, that music is, well, that music was amazing to them. That was like the latest and greatest style and the coolest stuff that was out. They love that music. That's the stuff they all used to sing together. 
right? So what, what are we doing? We're, we're taking what God's put in us, which is our love for him, and we're expressing it through things that we enjoy. That's okay. That's okay to do that. That's why he gave it to you. Like I said, that's why he painted the world to look like it does and why it's appealing to you. He made it appealing to you specifically. <laughs> so, you know, as we're kind of moving away from this old kind of systems-based relationship, more of a transactional relationship and moving more into more intimacy with God, we start to realize that a lot of the things that we did automatically was actually great with God to start with, you know, because we talked about this the other day. People give up things for the Lord. I gave up that, you know, where they have Lent or something they, where they give up things. You know, I gave up this for the Lord. I gave up that for the Lord. The Lord doesn't need you to give up anything. He really doesn't. You know, what I would consider a fast would be something where you're, where you're doing something instead of something else. You know, like I've decided to do this instead of this for a while. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can do that. Or, in, or one of the things that we learned is how do we enjoy things with the Lord? I mean, I'm going to eat the steak now with the Lord. We're eating steak together, and it's amazing. And the steak actually tastes better now for some reason because I'm doing everything with him, in him. And, and now the joy that is in him, he's excited that we're excited. He's happy that we're happy. See, this is who he is. We're not separated from him. We're not apart from him in any way. And he isn't doing things to make us uncomfortable or feel, you know, like we had to do something to earn more from him. You know, so what are we doing? You died to yourself and your lives are covered. And what that means is that you don't live for the earth anymore. It's there. It's good. But God gives you what you need. You could have nothing and just be sitting there and be fine. Like this is one of the reasons I think they completely messed up on the monks. The monks used to live in these towers and stuff and they would just like be good. Like they would have these vows and stuff. And they would just be good. And they were like, well, that must be what you need to do. Well, I think the, some of those guys, not all of them, but some of those guys were good just because they were just good. They were fine. They didn't need anything. They, they just enjoyed the Lord so much that the rest of the stuff they were, you know. But that doesn't mean that they can't be enjoyed too. You know what I'm saying? God gave it to you to enjoy. He gave you everything to enjoy. He didn't give it to you to not enjoy. It's like, you see what I'm saying? Like food. Why don't we just have like a little tablet that God gives us every day? Why do we have to chew food that has taste that we enjoy? Why does it light up sensors in our brain that when that's certain food that we're supposed to eat? Why is it like that? Why did he do that? Because he knew that that was something we needed. Why is it the things that we need we like? <laughs> Surprise. So what I'm saying is, is that as we're thinking about God, contemplating him, we will find the joy in him. He actually is enjoyable. Jesus said that. He's like, eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's what he said for us to do. That means we are fully ingesting him. We fully enjoy him. So a contemplation or a thought on him. So you can take a thought on God. <clears throat> Hold on, coming back, okay. You can take a thought on God and you can focus on him and you can be caught up in the Spirit very easily. You don't need a whole lot. It's just a thought. And, you know, there are times where you can be caught up into, there's different realms. We learned about this. I won't get into all today. But there are um, 
ecstasies in the spirit. There are raptures in the spirit. And then sometimes you just go, you, the whole, your whole body disappears and then it comes back. And so, but this happens through what? Through contemplating. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's contemplating on him. And it's because he's one, you're one with him. You're one spirit with the Lord. So when we think about him, because this is what it's saying here. If you stand with the Messiah, seek that place above where the Messiah sits by the right hand of God. Well, guess where that is? That apparently is heaven. Does that mean I just thought about heaven? Yes, you're not allowed to think about heaven. You have to be dead first. No, that's not true. You don't have to be dead. Can you go to heaven? You are already there. That's a big surprise to some people when they find that out. But because you're one spirit with the Lord, in the spirit, you are there. And you can shift between these places through meditating in the Lord. And that is a thing. And, um, and, it's, and I understand that it, the first time that you hear it, it sounds like it probably isn't true and somebody just made something up. But I encourage you to look at the scriptures to see because many people in the scriptures... You'll see the apostle um, Peter. He was in a trance because you you can go into trances. Trances, trances are in the Bible. Okay, I know that a lot of times when you hear the word trance, you think of something weird because there are some weird things that people do with trances, like like being hypnotized. You'd be in a trance, right? Don't be hypnotized. That's a bad idea. Don't do any of that stuff. But you can be caught up into a trance or a rapture, like the apostle Peter was. What was he doing? He was praying he was meditating on the top of the house and then he saw the sheet come down you guys know in the book of acts talks about this but he was in a trance and why was he in a trance because he was praying this happens when you contemplate on god you can be caught up in the spirit be caught up into a trance it happens all the time and you probably you may have had this happen a bunch yourself and just didn't realize that's what it was you know because trances are normal for us they really are they're they're actually normal christian stuff is trances and honestly a lot of times when you're seeing people yeah, or you're actually on, you can't move. You're, you're kind of just like gone. And a lot of times people will do this. I've seen, I've seen this happen in church services, but we didn't know what it was, you know, where they would get prayed for, they'd be caught up in the spirit and they'd be in worship or whatever, and then they're gone. And you're just like, are you there? And they're, they're, they, they're not. Um, a lot of people, if you know um, Amy Simple McPherson, you know, four, I think she's Foursquare, right? She was there preaching and she went, ah, and stuck like that immobile for three days and and people were coming up to her because she was in a she was doing a big crusade right so they she was in the paper people were coming up she didn't she was completely suspended she was not she was not moving she was not talking and and every time someone tried to get near her they were hit with with energy from the from the lord it would knock them flat back so they couldn't they couldn't even get near her and and then on the third night i think it was probably i think it was three days on the third night, right when she would have started, she started speaking again right from where she left off three days earlier. Well, she had left. She had left her body. She was in heaven for three days on earth time, which again, heaven time and earth time are not the same. I mean, she could have been in heaven for three years. You don't know because three days could be three years. You don't, it, it all, and there's not like a number that it is. <laughs> it just, when you're there, you just don't know how long you've been there. Could be like it could you could be like gone for thirty seconds and realize you just had a one hour teaching. If you've ever had revelation that comes as a download, that's one of the things that you realize. A download teaching. You ever sit there and you're like you heard like like 
three minutes of teaching, but when you're done, you're like, I feel like I just got like three hours of teaching. What was that all about? That's called a download. So that's how time, so time and space work different in the spirit. So she was there frozen. Well, she's in a trance. This is documented. You can look this up on, on the internet. I mean, this was documented. Nobody could do anything to her. She was stuck. She didn't use the bathroom. She didn't have to eat, nothing. She was completely suspended for three days. She's not the only one. You'll find this all throughout history. And what are they doing? They're getting caught up in the spirit. They're putting their thoughts above. They're contemplating. They're seeking that place above where Christ is. And what happened is, is they got so filled with joy and filled with the Lord that they just left and they were suspended. And so that's okay. You can do that. That's a thing. So that's a thing that you can do. So Peter, you know, John, you know, Paul, all these guys. Jesus, when he was in the bottom of the boat, remember when the storm came and he was under the bottom of the boat? He was actually in a trance. That was very common for him because he's spending time with the Father in heaven. There he is. There's Jesus. He's asleep. But he's asleep, right? So we say asleep, but he was in a trance too, you know, because this was no normal storm, right? I'm sure that would have woken you up at some point unless there was something supernatural going on with Jesus, which I'm guessing there probably was, right? So trances are for us. Now, don't go into the other weird stuff because they'll do mind things to try to make yourself go into a trance and all this kind of... Now, now, when I say that, what do you think of first? The soul, right? The soul wants to mimic the spirit. But the true is being in him. Now, you may not go into a trance. You may go into an, an ecstasy or you may go into a rapture. You may, you know, there are times, you know, where, where some were lifted off the ground. Why is that? Well, because they were caught up in the Lord. Not the weird stuff. Nobody needs to sell this to anybody. There's no selling going on here. <laughs> this is you and Jesus. Nobody even needs to know this happened. A lot of times when people floated, they were super embarrassed. And some of them like never went and talked to people because they were really embarrassed about it because everybody would just freak out whenever they would see it. So some of the stuff that I'm talking about is not like out there because people freak out when they see it, okay? But people freaked out when Jesus did stuff too. Why is that? Because our soul really can't grasp this stuff. So we go on YouTube and we look up things. What do people do when they go to a trip? And we try to figure it out in our head. Well, that's not where it comes from. It comes from in here. It comes from our relationship with Yahweh, with God. That's how it works. So we have our intimate relationship with him, and who knows what's going to happen. So I tell people things that happen with me as a testimony for everybody to know it's really not a big deal to have these encounters with Jesus. It's really just totally normal, and this is the way we are, and it's okay. It's safe to be in him. People get a concern. There's, there's other weird supernatural stuff that goes on. Okay, I understand that. But we're not in that realm. We're in him. We're in heaven. Okay? We administrate the heavenly kingdom on the earth. What happens if I see a demon? Well, you just take authority over it. And, what, and actually, one of the pre people, they saw it one time, and they're like, you must be lost. <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, and they were lost. So some, you may encounter one, you know, not around you, but, you know, you're going to meet people and they could have some spiritual issues, okay? It's possible. does happen. A lot of people do, and, and people sometimes interact in the wrong realm and don't even realize it, and you might see that. But, you know, the sun sets you free. So you just find what is Jesus doing in this situation and do what he's doing. You just kind of come alongside him. He's already working. He's already working. Be like, I just found the worst person. God was already working in that person before you met them. He was. It's, it's just now you're a part. You can be a part of it if you want. Like I've asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I'd like to, I'd like to help you with some things. 
I had a phone call within less than 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds, I got a phone call. I just said it one time. He's like, ring, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that was really fast, Lord. It really shocked me. It was very shocking, actually. And so I did. I helped that, that person, those people, and um, it happened. Listen, he, he, because you want to do it, because you like it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's you like this stuff. It's fun for you. It's fun to do this stuff with God. You don't have to earn anything anymore. You just, once you check that off, I don't have to earn anything. I'm good. Then you're just having fun, right? I sit, I mean, why do I teach? Because I enjoy it. Why do I worship? Because I enjoy it. You like those things. You see something, you don't enjoy it? Well, you probably shouldn't do it. You should find, again, I'm not talking about the dishes, and I'm not talking about cleaning your room, okay? Because sometimes you got to do it. But you know what you can do? You could do it in the spirit, and then you'll enjoy it even more. Because you know Brother Lawrence, he would wash the dishes. He'd get caught up in the spirit, and people would come and watch him wash the dishes. They would, because he would be so caught up. He would be caught up in the spirit while he's washing the dishes, so much so, and there was so much power coming off him as he's washing the dishes, people would travel from all over to sit and watch him wash the dishes. I'm serious. Brother Lawrence, you should look him up. You should look him up. But, but, it's, see, but remember, it's not about what we do, it's who we are. It's not about the things that we do that make us who we are. It's what God calls us. And when he calls us sons, which means daughters too, when he calls us that, that's what we are. And there's nothing in the world that can change that. No matter what you do, it doesn't change who you are. Even if you're in the grossest sin that anyone can imagine, God still calls you a son. And it's the most amazing thing to me because in my mind, I'm like, you should just fry that person. And why aren't they fried yet? And the reason that they're not fried is because he calls them a son. And he, it does, it's not his will that any should perish. And some of them are going to learn this on the other side, which is unfortunate, but they will. Some of them are already on the other side, and they had to learn it that way. That's not a great way to learn it. But he doesn't quit. <laughs> God never quits. <laughs> that's the one thing you have to realize. And God's love doesn't ever fail us. So yeah, that's not a great idea to wait for something to the other side because there's other things on the other side, and it's a very hard way to learn. But you can you learn. You learn in heaven. There's lots of teaching in heaven, tons of teaching. Angels teach. Saints teach. We all teach. We all learn. We're always learning. People think when they go to heaven, they're going to know everything. You don't know everything when you're in heaven. You still have to learn. You have to learn things. You're in heaven now learning. <laughs> Surprise. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we'll just keep it at that. So be shepherded above. Not on the land, for you died to yourself and your lives are covered, being with the Messiah and God. And then I'll look at the other translations, because you know me. I'm an equal opportunity translator. So we'll come over here. <laughs> Colossians 3. Because I like a lot of these. A lot of them are so good. And I just love all the translations. I even love the King James. I do. I know it gets a bad rap lately. but So, Passion Translation. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. <laughs> she was making sure everybody's all right. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Uh, now here's the, here's the uh, NIV here. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, what's earthly things mean? These are the earthly principles that rule the world. It doesn't mean don't think about the steak you're eating. You'd be like, yeah, but you think about it in Christ. But what's saying is set your heart, your affections, the things you're going upwards towards, 
well, I'm thinking about a Lamborghini. I'd like a Lamborghini. You know, I mean, you know, what, what usually if you do that, what ends up happening? You just kind of, you know, you get driven to get a Lamborghini, you know? And those aren't, those aren't the kind of things he's talking about. I mean, can God give you a Lamborghini? He can give you a hundred Lamborghinis. It's not a big deal, right? It's really not a big deal for him. Lamborghinis are no problem for God. He loves Lamborghinis too, I'm sure. He probably saw a Lamborghini the first time. He's like, wow, good job. It's a Lamborghini. He has much better things. He's got much better things than Lamborghinis, but again, we're learning. Remember, it's not about, I got this right, I got this wrong, you got this right, you got that wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's about as we're growing as sons of God, learning what's the important thing. It's the important thing is the thing above. And as you learn, as the Spirit of the Lord teaches you, you're going to begin to change how you think. You remember how you think now is different than when you were 18, correct? When you were 18, you saw it, thought a certain way, and now you think a different way, right? <laughs> Evan, Evan's not even 18 yet, so he doesn't even know how he thinks when he's 18, right? <laughs> so, it's so much growth since, yes, now that you're 18. <laughs> but, se- but, but here's the other thing, because if you ever heard the, the saying, you know, you're so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good, which comes in direct contradiction to this scripture, because it says very clearly, set your mind on things above. Now, it doesn't mean to be a weirdo, because that's, that's what they actually mean. Don't, don't be so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. Don't be a weirdo. But honestly... It's pretty weird. The spirit is pretty weird. There's not really any way around it. If you're, if you're just a soul, if you only think in the soul realm and you start talking about things in the spirit, everyone's going to think that you're weird. It's just welcome to my life. You know, you just have to deal with it, you know. But one day, one day, everyone's going to realize that that was actually the case. That yes, there is the spiritual realm. I mean, we've got people that are into the new age and stuff and they are aware, more aware of the spirit than the Christians are. You know, I remember one guy, he went to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting and, and there was all sorts of healings and stuff. And then after the meeting, he went to some new age fair because he was just going to check it out to see if it's somebody he could pray for or whatever. He went to the back and one of their clairvoyants, which just means clear vision, by the way, one of their clairvoyants looked at him and said, oh, you must have been at the Catherine Kuhlman meeting. He's like, well, because of the angels that are around you right there, those are the healing angels that are at her meeting. The clairvoyant, who was the new ager, actually saw the angels before any of the Christians did. And the guy's like, something isn't right here. Why are they seeing things and we're not? And that's because we've put everything supernatural into this category of you can't do it. And, and God wants us to see. That's why he gave us spiritual sight, so that we can see. Our eyes could be open and we could see the realm of the spirit, the kingdom realm, that we, we're in this realm. You're already in it, you know? And honestly, the longer, the more that you, this was, okay, so I'll say it. So the more, <laughs> I was like, should I say it? All right. So here's what happens. The more aware you become of, of him and the more aware you become of what he does, the material world actually is the one that looks weird because for some reason it is the way that it is, but you're not exactly sure why because it doesn't make any sense that it would be like this, because the spirit is much clearer, but this one is, is that's a little, a little different. <laughs> but again, that's, that's not something that just, that's just something that just happened, okay? So I know it may not make sense to everybody, but it does happen eventually. Don't, don't worry if, if the spiritual is still weirder than the, than the material. I understand that for sure. It usually is. It usually is for a long time, but, but, when you really are contemplated a lot, you realize the material world has its own weirdness too about it. Like, why is it like this? We're all actually breathing the same air. Like, that's kind of weird. (laughs) 
spirits don't have to breathe. You know what I'm saying? Like there's all this kind of stuff that's completely different. So, but again, that's part of our growing. And that, that's why I'm trying to say it is like, as we're learning more, as we can see more, the new agers, we call them the new agers or whatever, which is just a made up word they made in the sixties where they took a whole bunch of different spiritual concepts and put them together. And then they made them scientific names instead of their original names. That's all they did. So they just took all a bunch of religions, a whole bunch of spiritual practices from all the religions they could find. They put them all together in one big package and they labeled them new age. And they took each practice and they made it um, a scientific sounding word so that people would want to be a part of their new religion that they made. So it was just a repackaging of a whole bunch of religions. But some of the things like trances, ecstasies, raptures, um, the word clairvoyant, which is clear vision, all of these are all just spiritual things that were just normal, and they're normal across the board because it's actually a spiritual outworking of you. The question was, is what are you connected with? Some of these clairvoyants and some of these guys that are in these other things are connected to with lower realm spirits that are lying to them. They're lying. They're liars. That's the biggest problem. They're liars, you know, because their father is the father of lies. So when they're trying to get their messages, they're getting them from lying spirits. So what we say is, well, where's, who's the father of spirits? Well, it's Yahweh. It's God. He's El Elohim. He is the God of gods. So all of these lower realm ones, you got to understand they're lying, but they are speaking. So when they go and they, so sometimes they'll get some of this right. And why do they get it right? Because they could follow the person around or whatever, but they don't have the wisdom of God. So they get people off track. So why do we say not to go to them? That's why, right? But what has God put you, put in you? He's already given you clear vision. You already are clairvoyant because you can see with the mind of Christ. So the clairvoyant is the Christians. We're the real clairvoyants. <laughs> if we will access that realm in God. You see, we can see, we can know, we can hear. So this is all within us. So, And this all comes through contemplating Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So there's some mystery here. There's a mystery. What's that? Well, there's a lot of mystery. Well, the mystery, the mystery of the ages is Christ himself. So he reveals to us secrets, things that are hidden. Why are they hidden? Well, they're hidden so that only the people that really want it get it. That's what he said. That's what Jesus said. That's why he spoke in parables. That's why we get visions and dreams and not a dissertation, you know, written with footnotes. Because the vision and the dream is his language. That's his love language. He speaks with visions and dreams. He says, here's a thing. Oh, it's a buffalo. And it's blue. <laughs> you know, why am I looking at this? So we ask a question. There's a mystery there, right? So now we inquire of the Lord like Daniel did, right? The chief magi, the chief magician in Babylon was Daniel. And he inquires of the Lord. Why is that? Because he can see, because he knows God, because it comes through intimacy. What is he doing? He's praying three times a day. Why is that? Because he knows the Lord. They're close. They're close. You're close. This is where it comes from. It comes from him. We don't need to prove anything. We don't need to show anybody how powerful we are, or this or that. That's all lower realm stuff. There's nothing to prove. We just are who we are. We let God use us in whatever way we're being used. But the main thing that we're doing right now is we're triggering people into joy. We're triggering people into the kingdom realm so they can realize what they have within them. You know, And that's one of the things. This is the good news. The good news is God loves you. He doesn't hold your sin against you. You can tell this to a witch. God loves you. He doesn't hold any, any sin they've ever done against you. Well, I, and if you look at this, you know, you can see it's everything's the same. 
There's nothing new under the sun. Everything's the same. It's the same message, the same love of God that changes people's hearts no matter what they are. Don't be afraid of moving in the spirit. Don't be afraid of contemplating. Don't be afraid. God, God is the one that's teaching us. He's the one. He teaches us these things. What has helped me a lot through the past few years is that there was a lot of things that I just didn't understand was ha- what happened with me. And, um, and I didn't know what it was because I only had what I was taught. So I was taught the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, everything that was taught to me traditionally in church. So some of the stuff was beyond that, and I didn't understand what it meant. So God brought people alongside me that I could learn from that had the same experiences, and they were able to show me that our heritage is much greater and deeper than the past 100 years. This stuff goes all the way back 2,000 years, and there's a lot of stuff that we just, for whatever reason, we just didn't ever teach anymore. You know, and, and, and one of the ways they talk about it is the ancient paths. So there's ancient paths that God is opening back up that we just had never heard before. I was like, well, you should never look at Catholic stuff. You're Protestant, you're, you know, whatever. And then I find Madame Guyon and St. Teresa and all these others. And I'm like, wow, these guys are amazing. <laughs> so, you know, so we've been learning about the ancient paths and right. St. Francis of Assisi, you know, and all these guys, you know, and they have funny names and they, they kind of look funny and they have some weird Catholic stuff that they say that I don't understand. And some of it is, you know, they're still dealing with some of the Catholic thing that they had to deal with, with guilt and stuff, but they knew the Lord really well. And they had these amazing encounters with God where he opened things up. So I think there's a lot there. There's a lot for us to contemplate and consider in the Lord, but um, it all starts with setting our hearts on things above. So and that's our, that's our thoughts. That's what we're thinking on, you know? Because I think a lot of the times with our thoughts, we're like, it's a war. We're fighting against imaginations. And we're good. Well, so to me, if you take a thought captive, you just bring it down. It's not like, we, eventually that thing stops because it got beat up enough. It just stops. It's just like, <laughs> it has nothing. So there is some of that. I understand that. And, and there are a whole, there's a whole, I'm not going to try to fit like four years of teaching into an hour, but there's a whole series of things we can do with our thoughts. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, right now, set your mind on things above. That's where Christ is. That's where you are. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. Since you have been raised with Christ. It's not a question. You have been raised with Christ. If you have not been raised with Christ, then what, what do you have? You have nothing, right? But he raised from the dead. He raised us from the dead. We are that seed that was planted in the ground and rose up incorruptible. This body will do the same thing. That's going to be pretty amazing. So anyway, I guess I'll stop there. <laughs> I feel like I was trying to fit too much into, into one short thing. So all right, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for um, your word. Thank you for giving us light and revelation and showing us uh, things that we have within us, how powerful we are. We just contemplate in you right now. Just rest in you today. Let's do a, another small activation. Just kind of. Think of, just kind of focus just on the Lord again or focus even on your breath. Just be still just for a little bit. So we go in, (laughs) not out, in with the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just see like a like a white blanket. I don't know what that means. <laughs> really big, like almost like snuggling you up in a white blanket, like protected. Maybe something along those lines. Or cape. White cape. All right.
Amen. So, so you are amazing. And um, he's excited um, that you're that you're discovering this stuff. He's really excited for you about that. He's just as excited as you are, baby. He's actually way more excited than I am. So <laughs> he just has a lot of excitement about him. So it's pretty amazing. You're amazing. And uh, good stuff. So. All right.